some kind of nature some kind of soul some kind of mixture some kind of gold some kind of majesty some chemical load Metal made up from glue, some kind of plastic I could wrap around you. You need to eat man made, they wear phony clothes. They sit with our picture, but then build big Some kind of nature, some kind of soul, some kind of mixture, some kind of Like plastics and digital foils To wrap up the sound and Protect the girls From the spiritual poison We spell at night Like phony clothes But I really like mice Some kind of nature Some kind of nature Some kind of soul Listening to Open Lines with Holly and Mark on Open Lines Radio. Um, hi, Holly. Hey, Mark. It's been a little bit. Yeah. We are also joined by the uh, new uh, station mascot, Duke. He uh, usually doesn't keep quiet, so um, welcome, Duke, in. Yeah, it's just a matter of time before he makes himself known, I'm sure. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's Open Lines with Holly and Mark. I. I've missed doing these shows with you. It's been like weeks. I missed you too, but I was off adventuring. You were adventuring. I've been on adventures, and I needed it. Well, what, what have you been doing? You went to Desert Days last weekend. Yes. How, did you have fun with that? Well, I think you know the answer to that. It was pretty amazing. Um, anything Mystic Bazaar related is usually pretty amazing and pulls 
really beautiful and important people into my life and the energies that I need right then at that time in my life. It's pretty crazy. What is Mystic Bazaar? Mystic Bazaar is a kind of an artist collective out of LA that travels around to different festivals and events um, as kind of a cooperative vibe. It um, was birthed by Madre Jaguar. She's incredible. She's a She's a doula. She's a Reiki teacher. She's a <laughs> there was a Duke. Um, she's really awesome at just bringing the right people together and keeping the vibe really high. So you can check her out on Instagram. She's at Madre Jaguar and also um, at Mystic, Mystic Bazaar. underscore Bazaar oh. on Insta. Yeah. So check that out. They uh, what? So what? Uh, what kind of trouble did you get into? <laughs> Um, let's see. I'm well, like I said, I met really great people. The wind picked up kind of after the sun went down one night and it looked like after flipping my whole table, um, at the bazaar, it looked like our canopies might take off and there were kind of two of them. We had wound them together with rope and then we had like wound a mylar garland around and we had our Christmas lights. We had all kinds of things going. <clears throat> the wind was picking up and we had the little stakes but the ground was really hard and nobody had a hammer at all and so I was like trying to pound the stakes in with this rock and all of a sudden there's a shadow cast on me and I look up and there's this beautiful woman there and she has a hammer Cecilia she's there the hammer works beautifully we get all the stakes put in the sun is going down there's maybe like three minutes more of daylight and uh, she's like, cool, maybe you can come help me do the same thing at my tent. And I'm thinking, and I'm like, of course, of course I'll go help you. Oh, but this girl, she pulls out this old vintage tent, this huge model. My uncle and aunt used to have one. Um, like a canvas one? No, it wasn't canvas. It was just this it really tall, um, like two room. It was a cabin of a tent. Uh, vintage and like all these like color-coded rods in the dark and I was like it's all right I'm still gonna help this girl that appeared with the hammer the magic hammer I love this girl she knew exactly what to do she knew how to get that tent up it was her family's tent that she had camped in as a kid and I can't believe we actually got that thing up actually she did I mean it's because it's like this crazy tripod balancing act on both sides and then um she put it up next to my tent, and I was uh, right next to Edgar and Ian, and uh, I was kind of jealous of her awesome, tall, beautiful tent, but she was, like, right there when I needed her with that hammer. I don't think she could have got that other tent up in the dark by herself, so I'm glad I could come through for her, and that was pretty much the theme of the weekend. It was just, like, people would roll through camp, and... I don't know. They would just find the right people. It's such a beautiful, weird experience. I met some of the most interesting people. It was great. Sorry. Totally adventurous. Don't be sorry. Just, I'll ramble on forever Go if for you it, let me. All I've kinds been of things happen. I've been talking a lot this week. Yeah, you've been busy. You've been busy. I was uh, pleasantly surprised to hear all the amazing content and hear the success that you've had while I was off gallivanting without cell phone service and 
expanding my mind. The art at Desert Days was like completely surreal and amazing, but that's that's usual. It's always mind blowing. So happy I got to take it in. That's awesome. These dogs. These dogs missed me. I know. They're, I'm sorry, doggies. Pull it down. They're not going to uh, chill. Um, no chill. Yeah, so you did that, and then you came home, and you were right back into work, so... Yeah, yeah, I jumped right back into it, had to catch up on things. Because rumor has it that there might be a... You might be doing a, a your own show here in the next couple... Maybe in the fall, when things die down a little bit. Yeah. Do you sit down, buddy. Yeah, I'm working. I've got a lot of ideas going. I just... I need a little more time. <sighs> That's the, the big problem everybody has. It's true. Nobody has any time. So, well, that sounds fun. Sounds like you had some fun. There was a, a big uh, storm uh, one night. I follow Desert Days on um, Instagram. And one night, in the middle of the night, I woke up. And they had sent out this broadcast on Instagram that said everyone needed to evacuate. Get in their auto. Everyone in a tent needed to get in their cars and go to a brick-and-mortar shelter and there was no cell phone service out there, so I couldn't get a hold of you. And uh, but apparently everything was fine in your campground. Yeah, I mean, I I guess it was chaos after the rain. I don't know. The beautiful rain on my tent lulled me into one of the deepest sleeps I had had in some time. It could have been putting up the the canopies and driving stakes and multiple tents and just the general tarp setup and traveling to camp and all that but I was just flat out exhausted so I uh, I just fell into a really deep sleep and when I woke up I was alerted to the I had had a little cacao I had had <laughs> some uh, mellow meditations and I was just really deep in, into a rainy sleep and I had been on a plant walk um, the day before that and you know it was noted by all of us that did the walk in the group that everything was really dry and so I mean in Mystic Bazaar we did kind of call in the elements and so it's not really a surprise that the clouds appeared and <laughs> lightning and thunder but the next day the plants looked really different and everything was a little more fresh and all the dragonflies came out um, that was kind of cool that sounds awesome. But yeah, I didn't know there was widespread panic. But the next morning when I went out and saw all the litter that had blown around and I was kind of cleaning it up and people were crashing inside the Mystic Bazaar tent to find shelter, then I was like, whoa, I guess it was really something. You did some litter cleanup. You found a few I, yeah. treasures. I found some treasures. The weed fairy left me a little gift outside my tent. Sorry to whoever dropped it i actually put up a note to try and find you but you never found me um so we smoked that banana dream what was left of it the rest of it went to a safety meeting but um there was one more story i was gonna tell oh i really stepped outside the box and did some things oh, that really? i normally wouldn't do hmm. i did um an ecstatic dance workshop with ariana bates where you danced ecstatically? I'm, yes. I would think I was entranced. But man, I haven't danced that hard in a really long time. It was completely cathartic, completely amazing. I took a water kind of massage meditation class where we uh, kind of mimicked 
um, a pod of dolphins in cohesiveness and in thought and in trust and it was really awesome what else that what sounds else? cool it was really cool and i got to get in the lake um i spent a lot of time in the lake actually it was cool i got exposed to some really incredible music and musicians and friends from whole other worlds yeah here's why i think it was a good it was kind of a good thing i um wasn't able to go um, a because you were able to dance ecstatically, oh, and, and I did. And because I do think it's hard sometimes to uh, dance like no one's watching when you know somebody's watching, and and I, uh, I actually think there's a video of it somewhere. But yeah, but still. I mean in the moment. Yeah, but, sure. But it's like I know I know what I'm turning into. I know what, I'm turning. In, I know no I'm fun? turning into a get off my lawn old man. Oh man. And and it's okay. It. It's okay because it's like. I'm actually getting things done for the first time in my life. <laughs> and um, also, I think you were able to spend some time in the lake because I don't know what it is, but I just hate being in lakes. I'm taking you there. This is such a great beach. I can't even believe it. The beach is one thing, but I hate being in a lake. I don't like being in the ocean either, but I, I like going to the ocean and putting and, and walking along the shore with my, with my feet in the waves as they come up. You're but, lucky like, I'm even your friend. I don't know what it is. I don't like being in bodies of water. Well, what's your loss? It was amazing. It's not a loss to me. It's I don't like it at all. <laughs> Boo. It's anyway. Terrible. Well, anyway. But, that's, but see, we're all different. Well, suit yourself. There's things that I do that I'm sure you don't like. Things that I like that I'm sure you don't like. Like, uh, I don't know, I'm sure there's something. Yeah, I guess. Like, I'm not really that into editing papers. <laughs> That's what you mean. <laughs> I'm just not really into kidding. that either. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just teasing I'm not really into you. that either. I'm Still pretty open-minded. I'm into a lot of stuff. So, uh, yeah, you are. What else? Anything else? Hmm. No. What, what, what did you do? Well, did a lot. Took care of my dogs. Yeah, took care Appreciate of dogs that. and kids and work and other stuff, laundry, and Open Lines Radio. Yeah. I had, I, I found myself with some time on my hands, and I was uh, just sitting there getting ready to blow a day, doing nothing, and I thought, no. Nah, People were bummed you couldn't come. I'm going to go on Open Lines. Well, there'll be other opportunities. Um But what I'm really loving is what Open Lines is turning into. Got a lot of, a lot well, of. Uh, Hannah kind of blew my mind last night. Oh man, well it was was it last night? Yeah, because it was. It was like straight divination from source into my soul. I don't even know how else to describe it. Maybe that's why I'm just like still kind of. Everything's just been such a high vibe. That. I don't even know. I don't even know what to say or complain about. I don't. It's like I'm in a good place. It's like yesterday's um, fireside chat with Hannah, with the um, sainted with Soraya's sainted path from the night before. Like you put them on top of each other, and it's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Well, I really like hearing you and Doug converse as well. 
It's always. Yeah, it's our new show. Entertaining and insightful. That's our new show that I can't ever say right. <laughs> but look, I don't know. I grew up kind of redneck. Yeah. So. Preaching to the choir. Do I don't I know what to I say. Do what I can. I do what I can. <laughs> um, but it's a good show. I like listening to you guys. Yeah, so you can tune into that on Saturday mornings or anytime on any of the number of ways to listen to Open Lines Radio. There are so many ways. I, I know I know it kind of starts to sound like a broken record if you listen a lot, but if you're new, I just want to make sure we get the word out to the new people because there are so many ways right now to listen to Open Lines Radio. You can listen to Open Lines Radio on SoundCloud. Well, first of all, you can listen to it live on Mixler, and that's what you should be doing is you should have the Mixler app or you should be on Mixler.com and you should be listening to this live. You can also listen to all the shows on Mixler um, from there, too. So you don't need to download. We're up against the Trump rally tonight in this time oh. slot as well. Well, I don't think many of our listeners are <laughs> concerned, <laughs> with, concerned with that. with that. Um, and just of note, I noticed, just an aisle. So, yeah, so this is a better thing to do live with your time. So if you have the app, you could be listening to this live. You can also listen on SoundCloud. You can subscribe to Open Lines Radio there so you can never miss any of the action. You can listen to Open Lines Radio on iTunes. You can listen to Open Lines Radio on Spotify. You can listen on Stitcher. Uh, right. Podcast are you, Addict. Are you done now? <laughs> no, there are so many ways to all listen. Right, right, you right. can go to artbellisdead.com and listen to everything there. There are so many ways to listen. So if, there, if you're listening in a way that's inconvenient to you, surely there's another way that's more convenient. I just listed a whole bunch of them. There you go. Whole list. So, what is Open Lines with Holly and Mark? It's been a little while. I need to uh, bring myself up to speed. Oh, wait, before we get going into this, I just want to thank the people who made donations to Open Lines Radio this week. That was awesome. You had good readings this week. Heather and Bex, thanks so much. We appreciate it. We um, Open Lines Radio never wants to um, have advertisers, so um, your donations really make it helpful. Thanks uh, so much. Open Lines with Holly and Mark is just a kind of a free-flowing, uh, let's talk about what you want to talk about. So there are ways to get on Open Lines with Holly and Mark and to You've talk to us. You've got a weird story. That's always press. Weird stories. We, what we want to do, we weird. want stories. We want to hear your stories. Even if, like, you think it sounds like a crazy fever dream thing, like. So, like, stories that you could tell in, like, 15 to 20 minutes where maybe you can't uh, get an audience of your friends to sit down and listen to it. Here's an audience of your friends. We want to hear it. We want to hear it. So, what we're you need to weird, do so is. we're super supportive. What you need to do is send a, a direct message to uh, to us on Instagram, at Art Bell is Dead, and say, hey, I want to be on Open Lines. And I'm not going to even ask you what you want to talk about. I'm going to say, all right. <laughs> Here's how we do it. It could be anything. And uh, it could be good things too. It doesn't have to be a weird story. It could be something really cool that you're working on. Maybe you want to talk about where you're going with it. Um, bounce it off us. Just manifest it. Just put it into the universe, as they say. Or even do just it. even just theories that do you it. might be coming theories. up with in your head. Get crazy with the cheese whiz. Good. Do we have do we have someone? Um yeah, we have someone. 
Um, we do? <laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have Good. someone. Oh, sweet. Um, we're going to try. No. <laughs> Hello? Did you, can you see me? <laughs> can you hear me? Hello? Hmm. Can you hear me? Hello? Uh, yes, now I can hear you. Ah. Uh, no worries. Cool. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for. I'm good. I'm good. Um, I've just been doing, uh, you know, baby stuff. Got out to the woods today. Well, I guess, so where I'm kind of at in life is I'm a newly single mom of an infant, and um, my parents uh, separated when I was quite young, but they were both, um, they were co-parenting, and uh, we were very poor, and there was just a lot of, like, funny things that came out of that to me, um, and I feel like I'm using a lot of those memories uh, as, like, survival tools right now, Um and I'm like trying to integrate uh, being funny as much as possible <laughs> so, because if I let the weight of everything like sink in, it would be too much. Um, and both of my parents are uh, passed on, so I don't have them to like bounce stuff off of. It's purely just from memory. So um, before I even saw you like post about, you know, having people come and tell stories. I have like a document on my computer that I just like when a story, when like a memory comes up, I like write it down or just like a note of it just so I can like keep it there. So, um, I don't know. It's kind of strange. Like I was actually, uh, thinking about wanting to find some kind of outlet for these at some point. Um, I don't, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that might be kind of fun, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. That'd be cool. Um, 
so did uh did you want me to start <laughs> I don't even know where I'm gonna start here I guess I just um okay well so like I guess I'll give you guys some backstory um uh, I'm the youngest of five and my mom had three kids in a first marriage and then she met my dad in art school in Ellensburg. Um, and then they went to, they both went to the Chicago school of design together, um, where they very quickly made my sister <laughs> and then, um, we're Irish twins. So I'm like, a year and a couple months younger than her. Um, I came along, my parents graduated, and then um, we all moved back to Seattle. And um, so my parents split when I was about three or four. My mom moved into a small apartment on Capitol Hill in Seattle. Um, and my dad stayed at the house that we had been renting in Ballard, which at the time in Ballard, Seattle was like, College Seattle was like salty sea fishermen and like uh, sailors and women of the night and like trap houses. <laughs> Just it was a very interesting neighborhood. And Capitol Hill was like very artsy, but it was like, um, it was, you know, the epicenter of the grunge era and like there was a lot of drug use and stuff going on around there and like thankfully both of my parents were um sober but uh it was like it was interesting and the other thing about my parents so funny to me is that like they were both incredibly intelligent so like it wasn't like the kind of like they didn't want us it's not that they didn't want us to know that we were poor it's that they didn't want us to like like I'm doing now with my son is like, they didn't want us to um, feel the full weight of it to the point where it really like hurt us or something like that. Um, so my dad would find funny ways to like keep us entertained even while he was having to like take us to work or we had like a plethora of old cars that <laughs> All of them had various problems, but my dad was extremely mechanical, and um, he was an artist and a sculptor and a carpenter and a mechanic, and, like, he could literally do anything. Like, everyone that knew him knew that about him, and so, like, to get to school in the morning, he was, like, siphoning gas out of the car that didn't have brakes to put into the truck that had to put, like, every morning it was kind of, like, piecing together how we were going to get to school, and, like, we ran out of gas all the time like I and so like when we'd have to go on like either walk home from where the car broke down or to the gas station or whatever my dad would fold us little hats out of like newspaper and tell us that we were like sailors looking for booty and like <laughs> I remember I had this penny purse and I thought it was like I always had it like full of pennies and I don't even know where I got these pennies. I think it's just like from walking around, like as a child, I would just like pick up these pennies and there was like definitely quite a few times my dad had to like borrow my penny purse and like he would give me these little IOUs and treat me like an adult in a way, even though he's like literally borrowing like maybe a dollar's worth of pennies to buy gas, which is like all around funny. Um, wow. <laughs> and I remember going to the corner store on Market and 8th um, 
with my purse full of IOUs and like attempting to buy candy from like the Korean store owner with the bag of IOUs for my dad. And he was just like laughing so hard at me. And I was like, uh, okay, but like I get the candy right. And he's like, no. <laughs> what um, do you mean? This isn't good here? <laughs> you don't take Lloyd Weatherford IOUs? What are you, are you sure? Can you <laughs> check? <laughs> Call them. Get them on the line. Um, and we also scrapped metal um, for money. So, like, that was another thing we did with my dad. And because we were kids, we could, like, get into things slash get away with things that maybe adults shouldn't or can't. <laughs> um so on both sides of my parents' households, there was a lot of dumpster diving, and that was for furniture, uh, you know, scrap metal, like anything really. I mean, there's you'd be surprised what can come out of a dumpster. Um, but <clears throat> my dad would also have to take us to work with him often because he didn't have money for um, a babysitter. Which at this point in my life, I'm very thankful for because he always taught us how to be like safe on tools and how to use tools. And, um, but I was like very, um, I don't know. I like to get into trouble, but it's not, it wasn't like a conscious choice. Like I'm getting in trouble. It was just like, what happens if I ride my bike off the dock right now? That's like <laughs> my dad worked <laughs> um, and he worked at a houseboat dock on Lake Union and um so I would do stuff like that like I would just ride my bike off the end of the dock in like January or I would like catch a turtle and like tie a string on it and be like dad I have a pet turtle that's like in the water but I would like had the string and I was like pulling it along he's like oh my god no um and so like one time he was just like he had it I don't know what I had done that day but like he discovered this like new parenting method which was like uh, tying a rope around my waist and nailing it to the dock. And I definitely, I went to a roofing job with my dad like that. I, I remember being tied and nailed to a couple times. And, like, I know it sounds so terrible. Like, people are like, oh, my gosh, that's, like, child abuse. And, like, I swear it wasn't. And at the time, it was so fun. <laughs> and, um, yeah, he also, like I said, I'm the youngest of five. And um, back in the, I guess, late 80s, early 90s, like, car seats were, like, they could be a thing, but they wasn't enforced. And I don't even know if that's true or not. Like we're, I just know that it's much different than it is now. It's like, absolutely. You have to have one. Um, and so there was two adults and five kids and three of them were like teenagers. So, um, my sister always got to sit on my mom's feet under the glove box. And I always sat on the floor behind my dad's chair and we had a 61 Valiant that was, like, rusted and, like, red. And uh, it had a carpenter ant infestation. And um, <laughs> I had a ball-peen hammer that I would smash them with on the floor in the back. Like, it was just, like, a whack-a-mole kind of game. I don't know. And I remember one day we were going, and I just, like, struck through the floorboard. And I was like, hey, Dad, check this out. <laughs> like, I can see the... F I can see the... Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
And it was like a constant thing in my childhood. I remember like, like I said, my parents were never doing drugs or drinking or anything, but it was just this like constant, um, like fear of getting pulled over because like too many people in the car, not enough seatbelts, <laughs> yada, yada. <laughs> so that was like another, my sister Gretchen, who is almost 20 years older than me. Um, she also helped raise my sister and I, and, uh, she had a, what was it, like a 1986 Toyota Celica two-seater. And um, to fit my sister and I in, we, and this was something we asked for. We thought it was so fun. Like, you could put the armrest down and, like, peer into the trunk. So we would lay flat in the trunk with our two little heads coming out of the armrest like a totem pole. <laughs> 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 we thought my sister was like she was so beautiful like the most like ultimate like I don't know hair metal grunge princess of the early 90s and we just like thought it was the coolest thing in the world we we're like driving around this car with her boyfriend named Bo who had a motorcycle jacket and a ponytail and like I don't know it was just all these little things um, and then like with my mom, my mom was like a lot more, um, like hustler. Like <laughs> sometimes we joke about my mom probably has tabs open, like at various, like the mechanic and the video store. <laughs> like my mom probably still has a tab open, like, and they don't even know. And like, uh, she was, Oh, it was always like, it was much different than my dad. My dad was like earnest struggle. My mom was more like, yeah, fudge the numbers, you know, like, <laughs> to make this work. Um, and so she would thrift and, like, flip things. And, like, this was, like, before the, fa like, the, I don't know, current, even still to this day, current craze of, like, picking and flipping. And it was, like, before the internet made it easy. And, like, I remember going, we'd go to the thrift store. There's this value village on Capitol Hill. And um, it used to be, like, one of the original REI stores. <laughs> And, um, then it was about a village and we'd go and my mom would just like, oh my God, the amount of stuff my mom could pick. And it's like, sometimes, you know, with pickers, they have this thing where it's like every single thing, like in their mind, there's just like wheels turning and we'd always be like, mom, no, we can't, we're not going to make any money on all of it. She's like, that is a drawer. I'm like, mom, that's a pair of underwear though. No one buys used underwear. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not. It doesn't matter. Perfectly good underwear. <laughs> um, so she'd like buy all this stuff, and then like periodically, like it seemed like every couple months, it would just be like, obviously, this isn't like moving to consignment stores and stuff as fast as I'd hope. There's this place called Skint Take, something like that, or Take Two. Take Two on 15th, right across from Coastal Kitchen on Capitol Hill. And, um, uh, so we'd have these like big blowout yard sales. And, um, like I said, Capitol Hill was like a cool neighborhood, even though there was a little bit of like, you know, like the drug thing going down, that was more like Broadway, but we grew up kind of on 15th. And so like my sister and I were like, yeah, mom's got the right idea. Like, this is like a good hustle. Like we could totally, and I don't know what it was. Like our parents both were like, not only were we poor, but we were like natural. They, they wanted us to eat natural food most of the time. So it was like, candy and sugar and stuff like that with things we had to 
own money to get and hide from them. And like, I remember having a ton of freedom and independence, even at like five or six or seven years old or whatever, we could like go to the little corner store that was like right around, like right, in, I don't know, by our house. And like, so my sister and I would like, <clears throat> We just paint chunks of wood and like go out on the corner on 15th and try and sell them to people and be like, hey, like, or like we'd like pick up rocks and like just sell, try to sell people just to like make money for candy or like um, there was this like Thai restaurant right like next to this bar called the Canterbury that had a deck and the deck had the wood was like spaced kind of far apart so change would fall down there. And my sister and I would sneak under that deck and just, like, try to pick change from, like, <laughs> people who had dropped their bill or something. And, like, I don't – it was just funny because I think now – I don't even think we necessarily got it that we were, like, poor. That didn't, like, cross my mind. I just thought my parents were just, like, really good at making money, even though I had no idea they weren't making very much money. <laughs> um, so um, – like now um i'm like an unsupported single mother and i also you know i don't feel like i should sacrifice my right and ability to like breastfeed my child and to uh like care for him myself um so i'm finding myself in this very like similar places where um <gasps> I, my mom was, uh, she was a card reader and an intuitive and a massage therapist. And, um, I do a lot of those things as well. Um, and then my dad was, you know, I don't, like I said, he's metal he was a carpenter. He <clears throat> was an artist. And I feel like, you know, kind of in a, in a funny way, um, I'm pulling a lot from both sides where it's like one day I'm like teaching a workshop on like healing and self care. And the next day I'm like, my sister's telling me about a job site she has, I can go pick a bunch of scrap from and take it in if I want. And it's like, I don't know, in a weird way, I feel like I'm, um, and I thought about this when I first had my son and I thought maybe that like the dad and I were going to stay together. Um, I was like, I'm gonna have this like completely different life, and I'm gonna. It's not gonna be like. That. And it's like, I don't know. I think. What's up, buddy? <laughs> it's like anyone who grows up in poverty, I think, kind of has that thing where they're like, someday I'm not gonna be here, and someday my kids are gonna never know what that is. And like, in a way, now I'm kind of thinking, it's like, I don't know if it's wrong or bad that my son knows I don't and I don't know if this is gonna last until he knows what things are because he's only nine months but um in a way with like the right attitude and intention I think that the way that I was raised was actually like incredibly special and bonding um because we did get to spend so much time with our parents and uh I don't know I feel like there's a lot of times I'm uh it's extremely difficult to like not have a partner or parents to call to tell them about like oh Lloyd just got his first tooth or like Lloyd's doing this or Lloyd my son's name is Lloyd also <laughs> um but at the same time like I know that like 
things about both of my parents come through me every single day. And um, it's, I, <laughs> there's, there's some new modern things. Like I have a car that um, doesn't break down and I uh, <laughs> don't let my tank go to like empty, empty. <laughs> and I have a car seat. <laughs> so like in a way, <laughs> already winning okay like I'm already this is like <laughs> like we got it going on but it's like you know um but yeah I mean there's a lot of days where it's like I truly don't know how I'm gonna make this bill happen or this thing happen or whatever and like somehow or another you know it, it's uh I have to remember like my intention with all of this is to um not just like chuck my son into daycare and go to a job that I don't like um, so that I can come home and be tired and not be enough for him. So my hope is that uh, he gets the right amount of like <laughs> real world knowledge through all of this and um, the right amount of like perseverance uh, without having it last too long <laughs> or get too strifey <laughs> um yeah <clears throat> I, I feel you on that i think you're in a really a really great intentional space for manifestation and i, I just i really I, love the way you like recognize um the providence that comes through i just think there's something really beautiful about being kind of close to um sourcing stuff like that and and they are they're coming through you I mean sure it's like you didn't even know you were poor you went on all these crazy adventures with your dad that yeah. time is so valuable and it and you hold on to those those fun memories and in so many um so many family situations at that time it was like the dad was always working and the mom had some part-time gig too just so they could you know do the mortgage thing um, do the, you know, the car thing for both. And like, you hardly ever saw your dad. And I, I, I love that you recognize the special, the special things of your, of your childhood and that your, your parents brought to you in these survival skills. Cause man, it is a hustle out there. It's everything is, everything is. And you were like, yeah. OG Etsy artists. You're like, I'm yeah. painting these rocks. I'm, I'm <laughs> painting this wood. I'm getting the change from here. It's um, it's really beautiful. I've made decisions like I live in a trailer on some property instead of trying. Like it's like I know for a fact I wouldn't make it if I tried to like put myself in like inner city Seattle and and had a rent, you know. So it's like I'm making decisions that like, but it's because and this is the other thing too about my parents that's so special is it was always like no matter what you can have manners, no matter what you can be kind, no matter what you can speak like your truth and tell me what's going on in words and like and the, and the other thing that's like so beautiful from all of this is like um my siblings and I are incredibly close um and like with my uh, this is the part where I was like I'm not gonna cry it's gonna be awesome <laughs> Go ahead. my dad uh my dad passed away like two weeks before I got pregnant with my son so, um, a 
a lot of this is like it's so hard when I don't if I if I let myself get out of my intentional space of like remembering why I'm doing this um, the way that I am I get I can definitely get really bitter like today I tried to um, I just wanted to go to Larrabee <laughs> State Park and um, it's like $10 a day to go and like that's like 10% of my um, like total money that I have right now <laughs> so I was like all right, but I'm doing this because I want my son to, like, experience things. I don't want it to just be, like, we're stuck in this rut. And um, I had to – the pay station is broken, and so I had to call in. It was, like, an extra dollar fifty, and just that one little thing, like, totally, like, turned my whole attitude. And I was, like, struggling so much at the park just to have fun just because I had to pay an extra dollar fifty, And it's, like, so insignificant. Even when I'm this poor, like, I have to keep it in mind that, like, my dad – tried to always make it even when he ended up getting a good job and we had money and we went from eating like macaroni with canned chili every night to like having steak and like actual vegetables and stuff like he always tried to make it seem like it's not like you can't get hung up on the money ever with anything like never never don't do the good thing because if you have the money physically just do it and it'll come back I swear and it's like it's so bizarre but that's like a hundred percent of like my power to do this on my own is like faith in that and because of him and like it's like <laughs> like I said I don't necessarily want this to be forever but I'm only like I think about four months into this gig on my own um <clears throat> so <clears throat> I for now like Lloyd might not remember all this stuff, but I do, and I think that, like, in a weird way, it's, like, a second chapter to, like, the parts I really enjoyed about my childhood. So, um, my only hope, too, with, like, sharing stories about it is to, like, A, we can all do this, like, letting ourselves get trampled by the world is like it's such a loss of creativity and beauty and then also like hopefully maybe like you know people reach out to each other and people connect and people um I don't know just like faith is a huge word for me in this and like it's not like a denomination, not necessarily in like a, you know, dogmatic sense, but like just having faith that like no matter what, always do the right thing and like never have that like fear of scarcity because like somehow or another it always comes back. And I'm seeing that like so rapidly over and over and over again. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I'm thankful for stuff like this to be able to share. And like, I'm regardless of how difficult my situation is, I'm very thankful for every part of it. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> thanks guys. <laughs> We're really grateful for, for you sharing like such a, such an intimate and 
I mean, my hair is just standing on end. It's really beautiful. I mean, it's it's, it's apparent how they're working through you and, and still with you, um, how you're taking your dad's playful, uh, creative, uh, and kind approach to raising your child um, and then evolving it even further. Like, you know, you've got a few perks, you've got a car seat. Um, I don't think you're going to write Baby Lloyd any IOUs just since you had some. <laughs> I mean, and I've definitely got my, like, mom's, like, kind of, like, sly hustler lady going on in there, too. Like, that definitely comes out. And sometimes she needs to be, like, quelled just a little. <laughs> <laughs> You need to, like, we're not going to yeah. do it legal here, bro. Like, you gotta, got to cool that off. <laughs> well, you're a fantastic storyteller, and you have an amazing voice and an amazing vibe and an incredible message. So I really think, you know, like, it's important that you, you find an outlet to share these insights, whether it's, like, um, you know, the Renegade's Guide to Living in, De in Seattle or, or, you know, yeah. how to how to douse for change like like just um you know really explore it with humor like you've been doing and um i think as you you know you touch on these you're healing people by sharing and it, you're taking me back into some similar memories of my own and just really touching me in uh oh. in my heart right now i'm i'm kind of speechless mark you want to <laughs> well, yeah, on, on top of that i just want to just tell you to hang in there too because i know <laughs> what, it, what while i you have this great attitude and you keep it positive uh and just in spite of everything you've been through you continue to keep it positive i know that you struggle and so hang in there because like you're doing the right thing and and keeping positive is the right thing and mm -hmm. it's it's you know it's not going to be forever and if it is it, then you guys. it is <laughs> This blasted microphone. <laughs> oh, I still hear you. Can you hear us? Oh. Still better? All right, we're back. Is she back? She's typing. Well, fair enough. All right, so like we All lost right. our connection. We love you, <laughs> and I just want to add that like, um, don't feel alone because this is a really fantastic community, and um, I think you'll find a lot of support here with the Open Lines family and the Open Lines following. Um, it's a network of empaths and healers, and like, don't feel alone. Like, you're not anymore. All right. You know, I had a, a uh, w when I was a kid, we had an El Camino. Similar, I was like going way back. We had an El Camino that, you know, it's basically a car front. It's like, it's kind of like the mullet of cars. It's a car in the front and a truck in the back, you know? And um, my brother, they, my parents would fold the seat forward and my brother would and it, sit behind the seat, which was basically, I, I couldn't fit back there. It was too big. So he would, he'd be back behind the seat and I was on the floor. It's crazy because I remember my grandma telling me when she had my mom and my aunt as twins later in life and they, um, 
they already had three older kids that took up all the room in the back seat so when she had the twins and they were babies like my grandpa had built like this kind of plywood board that had like elastic forehead straps almost like like a double papoose that would sit over the armrest with the twins in it it's crazy it to is think crazy. of them like it is crazy. down the road and like as far that. as being like a little hustler when she was talking about getting the change, we used my friends and I used to ride down to the Chuck E. Cheese, ride our bikes down to the Chuck E. Cheese, <laughs> and in the back, behind the back, they would just throw away all the tickets, and we oh, just go back and dumpster dive story. for Chuck E. Cheese tickets, and so we had, we had some crappy free. toys, <laughs> and all that penny candy and all yeah. those uh, what like yeah. the jumping frogs and the parachutes yeah, and all that dumb crap. Right on. Well, this has been amazing. This has been cool. Um, sorry for the technical <sighs> issues. I think it's you. Like I've had like weeks of like smooth, um, seamless, I don't technical issue it. free. I, I know. <laughs> you I've show up. Several people's phones as well. So what can I say? I'm I'm a kinetic energy. All right. If you want to be on um, open lines with Holly and Mark, please reach out. Let us know. Um, I can't promise you that the technical issues will be resolved, but we'll try. As long as Holly is sitting next to me. And thank you so much. And, um, love you. I I guess, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Temples. I looked into 